Hey guys, welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast where I share my journey and invite others to share theirs. I'm your host, media personality and social influencer, Lonnie Swain. I'm on Instagram at Lonnie Swain, L-O-N-I-S-W-A-I-N. And the podcast is on Instagram as well at Lonnie Swain Show. So today on the show, I'm introducing what I hope to be a monthly feature with my personal life coach, Carla Robertson. And the feature is called Ask a Life Coach. So I've spoken to people about the wonderful things that Carla has helped me to accomplish in my life and how much of a wonderful influence she has been for me. So people have often asked me things like, well, what is a life coach? Well, what does that do? And how is it different from therapy? And how is it this? And how is it that? So no one can really speak on all of those things better than Carla herself. So I thought it would be a great idea to have her on the podcast and give everyone an opportunity to experience what a conversation with a life coach would be like through certain questions where I ask her, what would she do? How would she work through this issue with a client? So you can kind of get an idea of some of the activities that she would do with you as a client. Um, So this is also an opportunity for you to write in questions if you have any that you'd like for her to answer on a certain episode. And I'm really excited about it. I think that the information, of course, will be very valuable and insightful. And I'd love to hear your feedback. So let's get started. Carla, what did you think you were going to be when you grew up? When I was really little, as soon as summer break started, I would I would play school. I had a friend down mm-hmm. the street and I would we would play school and I would be the teacher because he was younger. And then as I got a little bit older, when I look at my eighth grade yearbook, it says that I wanted to be a teacher or a naturalist and a naturalist naturalist is someone who teaches people about nature like people go to like a I don't know like a nature preserve or something like that mm-hmm. and in high school I think I got more worried about what the rest of the world was doing or what my peers were doing and then it said something more like marine biologist or uh-huh. <laughs> oceanographer or something like that but really it's going back to that that teacher naturalist and those are the two things that I ended up really doing right. first out mm-hmm. of um out of college. I was a naturalist, was my first job, was teaching little kids at a camp in nature. Oh, I don't think I knew that part. I knew about teaching, but I didn't Mm -hmm. know about the naturalist part. Yeah, so I went to school, I went to college, and I studied animal behavior. Okay. which actually now as a life coach sort of comes in handy because we're all primates, yes. you know. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so a lot of how we act or are goes back very far, evolutionarily, really. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then after college, I realized I didn't want to be a scientist. I was a science major, and I thought I was going to go be a scientist. I thought I was going to go be like Jane Goodall. I'd spend a semester away in Kenya, and I loved studying giraffes, but I did not love taking data. I did not like the math and the data part of mm-hmm. of being a scientist. I don't blame you. And, yeah. <laughs> and so um, I was a, sort of at a loss when I graduated and I ended up on a fluke really completely unexpected moving away from where I grew up in New Jersey all the way to Alabama and teaching at this little camp and working with kids and that's where I learned that I loved teaching. And so how did you make the transition from teaching Teaching to life coaching? So I taught for 16 years. I taught for a long time. Mostly I was a science teacher, so it was a nice blend of the things that I had learned and then also working with students. And I also did a lot of mentoring new teachers. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of coaching in that and working with families, just working with kids and their families. And the longer I taught, the more I was focused and fascinated with 
kids as humans and what they wanted to do and be and really trying not to to harm them so much mm-hmm. of what happens in middle school mm-hmm. can really be harmful to kids in terms of um kids we all have our horror stories of things teachers said to us or you're never going to be able to do this or right. or just things that you know depending some students really take to school and it all makes the, all the sense in the world but there's mm-hmm. a lot of kids that that's not their thing their thing mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean they're not going to be successful in life and so right. i the longer i was teaching the more and more Everything I did tended toward trying to communicate that as much as possible. Of course, we were st- I was still teaching the curriculum that I needed mm-hmm. to teach, um, but but that was what was important to me. And then after Katrina, uh, I had been trying to figure out what else I might want to do. Uh, teaching is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I was incredibly devoted. I had all this extracurricular stuff. My husband's also a teacher, so we were mm-hmm. just very immersed mm-hmm. in it. And the, the true story is, it was sometime right after Katrina, the labyrinth, the meditation labyrinth at Ottoman Park was installed. And there are benches around the labyrinth and at the foot of each bench is a quote. Mm -hmm. And I was going there with a friend. I was still a teacher. And we were walking around and reading the quotes. And everything, you know, it's within a year of Katrina, you know, so everything is just... All of our emotions were all like little raw nerves, and we've all had this experience that has completely changed, and we're really looking at the meaning of life, and mm-hmm. we're all collectively trying to make our city better and heal ourselves. Reevaluating a and lot also, of things. Exactly, and also a lot of reevaluating. And so I get to this one quote, and the quote is, and I'd never seen this quote before, tell me what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life mm-hmm. I started to cry mm-hmm. I was like oh there's still things I want to do with my wild and precious life and I'm just right. at school all day every day mm-hmm. you know and so it was really from that point there were a few other things that happened but that was the beginning of of really thinking about what I might do differently and so I ended up getting a position I quit my job I turned 40 mm-hmm We paid off our house. Mm -hmm. We had no debt whatsoever. I had saved a ton of money for me, not a ton, you know, Mm -hmm. a ton for two teachers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had this dream of hiking the Appalachian Trail, Mm -hmm. which is a 2,000-mile trail from Georgia to Maine. It's... And it and that was had been a a dream of mine since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. It took me a little while to get all the logistics put together, and I got like a part-time consulting job for a while in a transition, and then Mm -hmm. I went and did that. Mm -hmm. By yourself? By myself. Mm -hmm. It is the Appalachian Trail, so there's a lot of people. So Mm -hmm. I saw people almost every day. There Mm -hmm. were very few nights that there wasn't someone else around, but... Mm -hmm. It was very much me making my own decisions. I hiked. I tended to hike alone, which means I saw a lot of wildlife. I saw 13 bears oh my on my journey, which was very, very How special. How far f- from you were they? <laughs> it varied, but generally they were acting like a wild bear should, which is running away. Okay. There was only one bear in New Jersey. New Jersey mm-hmm. bears were more bold. I okay. don't know. That was sitting eating blueberries, and, and I was like, hey, bear, you know, because you're supposed <laughs> to clap your uh, hiking poles together and make noise and make sure they see you so you don't startle them. And he was eating blueberries, and he just was like, looked and 
just kind of nonchalantly. He kind of moved a little, and then he didn't really. So mm-hmm. I just had to go way around him. But mm-hmm. those are some good blueberries. He they wasn't were, exactly. interrupting his snacks exactly. for you. Like it's it was a beautiful time. summer day, and yeah, that was not. He didn't feel the need to move. So he's yeah. Um, so it, anyway, it was a very very special uh, journey for me, and it was something unlike anything I had ever done before. It was very physically challenging it was mentally challenging it was one of the hardest things I've ever done and one of the most rewarding Mm -hmm. and so when I came back from that I was like I can do anything Mm -hmm. and people kept asking me how did you do that like what that you're so brave six and a half months okay wow yeah and so I came back and I did some different things I started my own uh tutoring business and I did some educational consulting but uh, I had actually the other piece of the story that's missing is I had read a book by a life coach the summer after Katrina mm-hmm. and her name is Martha Beck okay. and that book was called The Joy Diet Okay, and it, she has a lot of books and that's just one of them but it was it was like it's, it's a good book but it's and it's so cliche to say oh I read a book and that mm-hmm. changed my life but that mm-hmm. was a little bit about what happened mm-hmm. and so her writings and it said that she was a life coach I was like what is a life coach mm-hmm. how could I be a life coach mm-hmm. I couldn't be a life coach <laughs> my life is a mess you know that yeah. kind of thing I don't know enough how would I tell other people what to do with their lives which is mm-hmm. what I was thinking but I kept coming back to it coming back to it and so within a couple of years of coming home from the trail I finally looked more closely and decided to sign up for and go to life coach training I probably really wanted to hire a life coach but instead I just went and learned (laughs) about it exactly Uh uh and then of course in that process I got a lot of coaching and I received a tremendous amount of coaching and and Mm -hmm. that's how it all happened and so when someone now that you are a life coach Mm -hmm. and someone ask you, well, what is a life coach and and why do I need one in my life? What is your answer? Yeah, well, I think everyone can benefit Mm -hmm. from a coach. Um, And the neat thing about coaching is a lot of people think that a coach, especially because when you think about an athletic coach or something, you think it's going to be somebody who's going to make a plan for you and tell you how to execute it, mm-hmm. or they somehow have answers. They're going to, you're going to come to them. And it's so funny how many times people, they want to turn over the power to their coach. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me, what should I do? What should right. I do? And for the most part, that is not the role of a coach. The role mm-hmm. of a coach is to reflect back. So what I do is I see my clients. One of the nicest definitions I've ever heard of a life coach is a soul friendship. Mm, I like it's, that. I know. It's like I'm not an expert on my client's life. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know about their profession or their exactly family dynamics, mm-hmm. but I am there to listen deeply and to really see my client and then help reflect back their own wisdom. Mm -hmm. If I can ask questions that help my client go, it's always good when they say, Oh, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. Or I hadn't thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really there to help offer a, a additional perspective. And the nice thing is that talking to me, there's no, I don't have any expectations for my client either. So it's a very, it's a safe place where I don't have an agenda Mm-hmm. for my client and and I'm not trying to get them to do anything in particular. Mm-hmm. So 
that that neutrality mm-hmm. it's hard to find you know most of us have friends and family who we can talk with who really want to help us and and care about us as mm-hmm. much you know as anyone but but, it, but yeah <laughs> they're, they're they biased. all they also have a, you know and they have a story and they have even if they don't mean to they generally have at least a little bit of unconscious agenda for us or if we change our minds then we got to deal with them every day going why'd you change your mind right i thought you said that yeah we exactly. had that big two-hour conversation, right, I'm and so we disappointed. Yeah, I'm so disappointed, and yeah. you know, or, or whatever, mm-hmm. they get attached. And so, one of my roles is to not be attached mm-hmm. and to fully support my client. So, I'll share with you all, listeners, how Carla and I came to meet. My dear mother, I had been telling her that I was unhappy in my job, and I had a boss that I wasn't really seeing eye to eye with, and I was really just reevaluating things in life. And she said, well, I met this lady and she's a life coach and she seems to have a pretty nice life. You know, she seems to be happy and she travels and she does this and maybe she can help you out. And so she connected me with Carla. We had an initial conversation where I asked her, you know, what's a life coach? Because I had never heard of that before. You know, I had heard of it, but I didn't know anyone personally who had ever worked with a life coach. Mm -hmm. And so we had a consultation and. And I loved Carla right away. And then she said, well, have you seen my website? And I had not seen her website. And so she sent me to it, you know, livingwildandprecious.com. And I thought the name was interesting. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, yeah, what is this about? So what I really loved was in your bio that you had a lot of quotes. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that really moved me, because I was sold after the consultation, because we talked for a while. Mm-hmm. but on the website you said what is it that you see other people doing and you say I want to do that Mm -hmm. or what is it that you know other people tell you about and it's like oh yeah I wish I could do that I'm here to help you do that Mm -hmm. and I loved that and that was like yes this I'm sold sign me up you know because there are so many things that I see, you know, especially now in the world of Instagram and stuff that you see everyone's highlight reel. Yes. And so it's like, oh, this person is traveling and they're doing this and they seem like they're so happy. It's like, Mm -hmm. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. So the the list of things that I want to do is tremendous. Mm -hmm. And so it's just that figuring out, you know, the how or Mm -hmm. figuring out, you know, once we have a conversation, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, traveling would be nice but maybe that isn't really what you want to do based on this conversation Mm -hmm. that we're having or Mm -hmm. things that you think you want to do so with that being said can you touch on that more of like helping people to figure out what it is that they do want to do and how do you go about you know deciphering you know are they just kind of following the trend or are right. they is this how do you start to see their soul and, that, and sift through because even you said with teaching and, and with the kid right. or with yourself sure. you know that as a younger child mm-hmm. you I knew do. and then somewhere along the line you kind oh, of got layered influenced mm-hmm. by other things and people yeah yeah well one of the things that I was taught was that we all have a social self and an essential self Mm -hmm. and it's not like we're trying to get one to go away or you know but our social selves it's pretty much what it sounds like which is that part that is trying to figure out how to fit in in the world Mm -hmm. and and also 
gets information from what people around us, our family, our friends, our culture tells us mm-hmm. is important. And then we all have this essential self deep inside that is unchanging, that would be the same no matter where we were born or what year we were born in or mm-hmm. uh, location or anything else. And that part is is just our core being. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so part of my job is to help my clients filter out what's what's our essential self really want because we can get caught up in you know what what do what do we if we were going to say successful how do we personally define that for ourselves or define our happiness mm-hmm. um and so sometimes the questions that i ask help clients sift down and get back to that essential self person mm-hmm. and one of the ways i do that too is helping clients reconnect with their body Mm-hmm. And and our feelings in our bodies because our bodies have a, a real ability to communicate with us, but we don't really learn that in school. We're basically mm-hmm. in school. We're start, starting at about age four. We're taught to not listen to our bodies. Right. We got to sit it. still. <laughs> right. We got to do things we don't feel like doing, mm-hmm. and then it just goes on from there. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of people will find that they can get ill because they're not listening anymore and their body mm-hmm. will if it's not if you don't listen to the body whisper the body will get louder yeah of course this is not the only reason for illness or anything like mm-hmm. that and i never want anybody to think that they've thought their way into being sick because mm-hmm. there's all kinds of things that can happen right however we can get a lot of information from tuning in more closely and that doesn't always mean just um a, a lot of people, I'll tell a story for myself when I was going through training, you know, we had to do this, you know, and pay more attention to our bodies and start to listen. And I thought I was really clued in pretty well. I was, you know, practice yoga. I thought it was pretty connected. But really, there were all kinds of cues and information I wasn't really picking up on at all. Mm-hmm. And when I started much more carefully tuning in, I got a lot more insight. And and now I can, I there are all kinds of little cues that I pick up on really quickly mm-hmm. if I am in a stressful situation and then I stop and something is going on like my jaw will crank right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to ask little, what are some of the yeah. small cues. So that there's a little crank, you know, that's really easy to ignore. It's just the tiniest little jaw pain, just teeny tiny. And so now I'll stop and be like, okay, what what's going on here? What am I thinking about right now? What's you know? So so tuning into those bodily cues can help, and then. You know, a simple exercise like getting up every day and writing down, what do I want? I want, I want, you know, just really letting yourself kind of free write or, um, or just, just playing around. There's all kinds of things that you can do to play around to really connect in back to what your essential self most wants. So here we are, January 31st, uh, one month into 2018. If someone is listening now and they have yet to make their resolutions or do their vision board and they're starting to say, oh my goodness, it's one month in, what am I going to do? I need to set some goals and figure out, you know, what direction I want to take this year in. What is an exercise that you might do with a client? Do you believe in doing vision boards with clients or what do you, how do you feel about that? We're sitting here with all these vision boards in the background that I've made. I love doing vision boards. I think it's really wonderful to take um, our 
ideas about what we want and make a visual representation. Often it may be more of a metaphor than an actual or a, a symbolic representation. It may be, I encourage people to just go, you can do this with one magazine. Sometimes I'll, I'll encourage people and be like, do make a one magazine vision board. It doesn't have to be giant giant thing that looks like, you know, a science project. You know, mm-hmm. it's got three flaps and you mm-hmm. set it up and mm-hmm. it's a huge, it could be very small. But before you do that, I would say the first thing I would ask you know, a month in, especially if somebody's feeling frustrated or overwhelmed or nervous or doesn't either frustrated with how things have been going or doesn't feel uncertain in about where they're feels going. uncertain mm-hmm. is is to first do that coming back to your body ground uh, if you meditate you can do a little meditation but even just a sl- breathing and coming back and then if you can do a memory where you visualize a happy memory and get feel in your body how you felt when you were in that happy place and start from there really everything we want in life everything is to achieve a feeling state if it's an object a job a trip an item a relationship it's all to have a feeling state so if you can really identify your feeling states and how you want to feel that can be a, a huge clue. And then you can often find things, to steps to take in your life right now, even if your job isn't what you want or your relationship's not what you want or there's something else that doesn't feel in alignment and you're trying to get in alignment. If you can start following the path of, of feeling states and taking little steps toward how you want to feel and taking actual physical, small physical steps in the material world, then you will find yourself on the path and you'll be getting to where you need to go. Mm-hmm. It can also be helpful to look back and, and, and really pay attention to something in your life that really did go well or where you were really successful and really happy with what happened. Because if you go back far enough, you'll be able to remember when you didn't know that was possible mm-hmm. and you didn't know that that was what was going to happen. And what we tend to do, especially people who are pretty success focused, is we just keep raising the bar on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we forget that, oh, I was take, I had to take steps. Yes, some things came in and just happened or that person called me or that opportunity popped up, but we were also taking actual steps. So that's another nice thing to do is to just go back and look at a happy or successful situation and trace back the steps that happened to get it there. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of see, oh, I've, I know how to do this. I've done these kinds of things before. I've made beautiful things happen in my life before. And then, and I didn't know what was going to happen a month ahead. Right. So that allows you to get back in the present and taking those small steps now so that you're not freaked out about what's going to be going on in October 2018 necessarily, but you can be taking those small steps toward what you want in the present. Awesome. I love that. So I hope you're taking notes, writing all this down. (laughs) If you're not able to do the exercises while you're listening, Carla does do coaching over the phone. We've done many sessions over the phone. Have you started doing tele-sessions? I do some video coaching. I do. I do some video coaching. That's definitely an option. I have someone I'm coaching right now in a, a foreign country in South America, and we coach on FaceTime. Oh, wow. So, mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of possibilities. Well, if you want to get your session with Carla, how would someone get in touch with you? You can email me at Carla at livingwildandprecious.com. That's probably the easiest way Mm -hmm. to shoot me an email. Perfect. And so we... Oh, it's Carla with a C. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. You might need to spell that because there are some weird spellings. Of C-A-R-L-A at living, wild, and precious. And I'll have this all in the show notes as well. <laughs> and so we are going to have more of Carla on the podcast because I think she's awesome and a wealth of knowledge and information and inspiration. So if you have any questions for her or questions about life coaching, you can email them to her at her email address that That's she just true. gave you. Absolutely. Or you can email them to me, info at LonnieSwain.com. Thank you so very much for listening to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. And of course, sharing is caring. So if you know someone you think might enjoy this podcast, please pass it along. Until next time, go where you are celebrated and appreciated, not just tolerated. Have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you soon.